What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Unbearable Show. I'm your host, Unbearable Vamp. Alongside me, the other host, Nightshade Triple Nine. What's going on? How's it going, man? Not a lot. Not a lot. Playing games and streaming. A shizzle. <laughs> Don't worry. We're from the internet. I love it. <laughs> uh, so, so what game are you playing currently? What game am I playing currently? Um, the well, I'm doing a few things right now. Uh, Dark Souls Two. I'm still doing that. Dragon Age Inquisition, I'm getting back into that, and uh, tried to do Witcher 3 again, but I'm getting worse performance in it in Windows 10 than I did in 8.1, surprisingly. Um, mm. Yeah. So. That's terrible. But, That's uh, terrible news. I've <laughs> noticed the same thing. Like, um, I don't know what it is. Windows 10 was like promoted as like the platform for the, the, the OS that'll support gaming like no other. Yep. Yet it hasn't done that very well. I can't say that I feel like it's a very optimized operating system at the moment. I think we're like a few updates behind they should have been at launch. <laughs> the thing about that is, is the way that the multi-threading works in Windows 10. Right. Windows 10 is way better at multi-threading than any other version of Windows uh, has ever been. And the problem with that is that, I mean, it's great. It's fantastic. But the problem with that is that other programs... Basically, they think they can run more CPU usage than they should, and that will uh, that'll really hurt the game performance or performance anything. Which is exactly what's the problem with OBS right now. It's understandable. Understandable. We'll see where once everybody gets on track. I'm sure sure it'll be awesome. I, I guess so. maybe I'm just being an in, an impatient person. Yeah, that's my problem too. So I'm even noticing it like. Um, I've been uh, doing the Xbox One to PC streaming. Oh yeah, to to play Metal Gear, and I noticed like oh, just like a lot of drop off, and I have amazing like bandwidth, and you know I'm checking everything, like nothing's nothing's clogging anything up, potentially even local area. Mm-hmm. Now <laughs> d- define define drop off. How do you mean by drop off? Okay, so input. See, it'll get stuck on an input. Mm-hmm. It'll be I'll be go you know moving forward. It won't won't be like sending it properly or windows 10 is not messing with it properly i don't know it could just be something with the way that xbox is doing it or the app itself mm-hmm. but um even when i'm playing other games i notice like sections in it where it feels like i'll be going forward and then it'll do a little like you know you'll see it, it'll pixelate and i'll continue going forward not touching anything mm-hmm. i don't know i gotcha yeah oh man that sucks that's irritating Plus, what you were you were telling me earlier about the whole um, like we were chatting on Steam, and every time you click out of it, the thing would yeah. Sh- so okay, so the Xbox app mm-hmm. is uh, is an app where you connect to your Xbox, and it's just like if you were to look, be looking at it on your TV. Only right. it's streaming to your PC, so you don't have to have it, you know, in, you know, hooked up to your 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 uh, PC. Mm-hmm. So. If like let's say you have like a multi monitor set up like I do, mm-hmm. and you go to the other monitor and you like uh, click anything on the taskbar or move anything on the other monitor, then it minimizes the Xbox app. And when the Xbox app is minimized, it ceases streaming. It's irritating. That's horrible. It's a terrible. It's terrible. Uh, hopefully it gets fixed in an update. 
Uh, I imagine it will. I would hope so. Absolutely. Yeah, only, so. o- o- only time will tell. Only time will tell. So did you hear about Jimmy Kimmel? Jimmy freaking Kimmel. All week I heard about Jimmy them. freaking Kimmel. He made a, he made some jokes that, I mean, he made the point that his writers wrote him. And I imagine they most likely did. He was just doing a set. YouTube launched their you know, YouTube gaming Twitch competitor. And he made the point, like, why? I don't understand why people watch these. And he's pandering to an older audience, obviously. Mm-hmm. Not very many people actually watch these late night shows. People who watch YouTube and YouTube gaming generally don't watch late night shows with Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, Conan O'Brien, or any of the other multitudes of late night hosts. Yeah. But he, I mean, he pandered to his audience. You know, he, he made a joke. They laughed. They thought it was funny. Cool. All right. That should have been it. Yep. But the way that YouTube works. They want to attack him, threatening his life, mind you, his family, wishing oh, yeah. terrible things on him. Which I mean, it's all standard YouTube. Most people won't think any anything of it. If you're a YouTuber, which we are not currently, no. But um, well, people don't. You know, they, you just you just learn to write that off. People are idiots, and internet anonymity gives people a golden shield that allows them to say whatever the hell they want to whoever they want whatever oh, video they God, want and they yeah. use that they, they wanted him to die hopefully he had cancer if his family dies you know threatening these terrible things so jimmy kimmel with a national late night show on television used that as uh fuel for his which also understandable it's his job he gets paid for it that's what he does he takes mm-hmm. these things puts a spin on it points them out laughs at it and then moves on so he did that and the people got crazy mad again and then he um had a segment with markiplier and mayanne yeah marianne Mayan, something like that <sighs> i did not catch her name apparently anyways I think it was mayhem they I might be wrong something it was something but you know they did a little thing and then he made a comment about how they don't hug like they actually hang out with people or something to that extent that was it that was yeah. the whole story people went crazy uh as you pointed out GameSpot has four stories currently on this one thing alone you know it, it's one of those things like if you would have just let it die it would have just been a blip on the pop culture radar yep but people wanted to turn it into a bigger thing than it was. And Jimmy Kimmel took advantage of it. And kudos to him for that. He did his job. He did his job well. He made it funny. I chuckled a little bit in his comments. Look at it. He's an old guy. He doesn't mm-hmm. play video games. He doesn't watch video games. It's, it's a different generation. That's all that was. He, he, was uh, he used to be on... I'm, I'm just trying to remember. Was he the guy from The Man Show? Uh, I think so. I think so. But anyways, that's that's all that needed to be. That's all it should have been, and that's the whole thing there. I mean, it's, why Cave Spot? Why? They seriously I'm surprised, them, huh? Oh, I was just gonna say I keep wanting to call them Game Stop. Oh, I do too. Um, yeah, no, I was surprised that they only had four articles because they tweeted that shit out all week. They were writing that shit. I can't stand it. It was annoying. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. People like to react to these sort of things, and you know, places like GameSpot, they gotta they gotta capitalize on something. Why not capitalize on making people angrier at things that they shouldn't be angry about in the first place? Yeah. 
I mean, it's absolutely it's business as usual. So, it's just uh, yeah, that's all it is. Still annoying. So, what else we got? What we got? Well, we got Guild Wars Two and WildStar. I'm just gonna group them into the same thing because yeah. they're basically doing the exact same thing. They're going free to play. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Nobody wants to pay a subscription or buy a game anymore. Well, the yeah, see, that was the I kind of like that model though, the buy to play. I don't, I don't I, mind. No, I agree. I'd rather pay up front and then get the full experience. Yeah. Then get it free because I feel less like I want to, you know, I don't want to like buy these small little things. Just let me buy it in a normal. Let me buy the game. Exactly. Let me buy or the license to play the game. Let me buy that. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it works well for uh, I play ESO a little bit here and there. And it works well because they have a cash shop, um, but it's mostly stuff like, you know, oh, here's a new cat that'll follow you around if you want it's like not it's nothing it's no game changer it's just fun stuff but when you go to that free-to-play model then it starts to be more like you know pay to win yeah a little bit more like that yeah it's i mean they're just trying to file they're trying to keep up which i get it they're a company they're a business they gotta they gotta make their money keep the mm-hmm. bottom line they're, they're trying to follow the uh the moba success as i see it they will give it to you free but you can buy the rest of the game, you know, in small chunks. They make more money that way. People tend to spend more money, apparently. Surprisingly, I I, I remember in God, has it been fifteen years now? Um, the free to play model started to kind of come into like conversation. It hasn't. It wasn't a thing yet. It was just conversation, and people. Uh, Oh, what was my what was my original point? I completely just lost track right there. Talking about the year two thousand. Yeah. Free to play coming into the conversation. <laughs> what came out in two thousand? <laughs> I completely, That's... I completely, uh, my mind went off. I was reading chat there for a second. My mind just completely, uh, completely lost. I completely lost where I was going with that. So maybe we should just move on, and. Um... <laughs> Forget Moving about on. it. Guild Wars 2 and Wildstar are both going free to play. Would you... Okay, now I'm curious. You don't play many MMOs. Actually, I don't know if you play... You don't play any MMO. No, I no. don't. Okay. Um, With Guild Wars <laughs> 2... Hmm? I've got nothing against them. Right. And actually, I think the point that you're going to get at is that with Guild Wars 2 becoming free to play, do you think that I will go to play it? Is that yeah. what you're about to say? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I, Honestly, that was my first thought when I heard Guild Wars 2 was going to go free to play. I I haven't heard anything good about the game in the first place from people who bought the game. Mm-hmm. But you know, I figured I'd try it out, see if I like it. It's um, it's pretty good, but it's I don't know. It's good, but there's as far as theme park MMO goes, it's about as theme park as you can get, really. So to me, that's not. I don't like that. So. Yeah, you know, hey, to each their own. I, I doubt I'll enjoy it. I, I try so hard and I want to get into an MMO. Mm-hmm. And I think Star Citizen is going to be where I'm at with that one. Yeah. But I don't know. I haven't I haven't had any luck. I didn't like World of Warcraft. Nah. Yeah. There's a few other MMOs that I tried uh, that I didn't like. It just. Did you ever try ESO? No. I know you're an Elder Scrolls fan. That's why I asked. I am a big Elder Scrolls fan. I love the series. I just haven't bought the game yet. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Is not, so see, that's the thing. Is like I just don't want to spend the money on it. Find out that I hate it. Well, yeah. I'm not having as much fun as I thought I would. Because like the concept of the MMO is amazing. Oh yeah. Hang out with your friends. Explore this vast world. Go on quests. Open chests. But then when I get into the game, it turns into this grindy McGrinder fest, and I'm talking to an NPC, and he doesn't tell me. I basically just like skip through the information because you're so boring. Yeah, and such a garbage NPC. You're just you're basically trying to give me some shitty story as to why I need to go find this chest for you, and I I don't like it. I kind of I'm one of those people that thinks like story is almost the more important factor. Like gameplay is just a just above story. They're almost neck and neck. Right. But I think story is like a huge part in a gaming experience that I enjoy. So like if if the game doesn't give me that that availability of, of a story and a story that I feel like that's worth following, then I just have a hard time focusing in on it. And then dealing with 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 douchebags, I don't like dealing with douchebags. Like other players, they go into the, yeah, they go into the dungeon that you're in. You've been questing on it through it, you know, try to collect everything. And this guy just runs past you, kills the the boss, mm-hmm. takes the loot, and now you gotta wait for respawn. Yeah. <laughs> that that see in ESO it's not so much a problem. I remember in Neverwinter, that yes! was such oh, a huge God. problem. Fuck that game. I'm sorry, it was fun gameplay wise, but the other people, the way the way they could do that, oh, it just ruined it. I I I quit every single time I go back to try because I quit because of that every time. I can't stand yeah. it. And you I, know what? Back in 1998, when that was a thing, that was okay. And I'll tell you why that was okay. Because in 1998, when that was a thing, and that motherfucker took what I wanted, and I've been trying for hours to get, I could go kill his ass and take it from him. Just, just PK his ass and take it. And that was, so it was fine then. But when, now you can't do anything about it after they take it, mm, no, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, there's no recourse. It's just like, alright, yeah. well, now I'm... I'm going to wait here with the other group of people trying to do the exact same thing as me, and I'm not going to get what I wanted. Yeah. And the, yeah. and the random loot gets annoying. Just tell me where it is. I want to go get that. Let me go quest for that. Don't just say, like, you have a 15% chance of getting it, but if you, you know, create your character like a mage with, you know, a fortune five enchantment, then you have, you increase your odds to 25%. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one in four times that I killed this dude. I'm going to get that legendary weapon that I wanted that I'm going to use for five minutes until I found out about a better legendary weapon. That's what it felt. You know, they all felt like that. And, right, right. But I love the concept of, a mem- of an MMO. It sounds so amazing. It just seems like the best game that you could play. If oh, you, yeah. You know, if it's on paper, like an MMO is like hands down the best gaming experience ever. Mm-hmm. But it just like in, in, in practice, it's not. It's for me. I, so most people love it. I mean, Hell, World of Warcraft is still going on. That game's been going on for years and years and years. Oh, and years. God. Even at their, what are they, 5 million now? They're still, I mean, that's that is nothing to, to sneeze at. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <clears throat> oh, no. But uh, speaking of uh, MMO, Star Citizen. Yeah. I haven't tried this. I have Star Citizen. I'm a backer. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> but... But uh, their social, the social mod is finally live, and um, there's a hub in which players can hang out and interact during be- during between mission downtimes. Cloud Imperium Games 
said in an update posted today that the release of the module represents our first step into Star Citizen's persistent universe, and that players will soon begin to see the game's formerly disparate modules start to come together. That is according to PC Gamer. What does it mean by disparate mod- modules? So essentially, like, the modules don't feel like they're they're cohesive. They're just like, oh, you can do this, and then you can go back out to your hangar, and then you can go do this. The social module kind of like brings that all together, and you can do things from the social module. Like, you can meet up with your friends. You don't have to go into a lobby to communicate with your friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you go to the social hub, you, you know, get on the server that your friends are on, and it should should create instances that you're in and as long as you're friends with them you you'll get prioritized in the instance that they're in mm-hmm. and you can you'll do your thing set up and be like all right hey guys let's go race and you go to the the place to go race and you go race or let's go you know do an fps you know round you go to that place and do some fps rounds and have a good time from there it's just like a central hub that that's pretty you cool do things from yeah and then that then, cool. and what's cool about it, this is all alpha stuff that they're letting you do I love mm-hmm. the way that they're releasing this. I think that the, their style of releasing an alpha is a whole lot better than a lot of alphas are. We'll give you a game that's in alpha. We'll give you, you know, all of it, but mm-hmm. it's probably not going to work. At least the way that they're doing it is they're releasing it. They're like, all right, we've tested it as best that we can think of for each section of the game. Go try this. And you're, you're just, you're basically an alpha tester. You're testing it yeah. out, stress testing the servers. You're testing, you know, See if you can find some bugs. They're recording the information. Just standard, standard alpha stuff. But they're, they're letting backers go into this stuff and experience it. I think that's really cool. No, that is really cool. I think it's better than a lot of games where they you know, get greenlit on Steam and people oh. play it. It breaks and they never touch the game again. Yep. And you're out however much money you paid for that game. And you have no recourse for it. Well, as long as thanks to Steam. Luckily Within now, two the, weeks. Yeah, the two weeks and two hours. But I think if you bought something before that, you were kind of screwed, weren't you? I think it was a two-week or 30-day grace period. So if mm-hmm. you bought something prior to the change to 14 to 30 days prior to their releasing of that, then you were allowed to Oh, okay. Uh, still get your, your stuff back. I mean, that's obviously already passed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, at, least, at least they were like grandfathering some people in. I mean, and you still had, still had to meet the guidelines. Still had the two hours or two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I agree. It's thanks to the what Steam's doing now, I think it's super, still one of the greatest things that they've done in a long time. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> oh, hail the mighty Valve. It's just, it's so needed to happen. Our Lord and Saber, Gabe Newell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely something that was really important to gaming, the gaming community, and uh, there's not much better than that when it comes to you know alpha testing and beta testing. Uh, but being able to get your money back and not feel cheated, being able to take more chances and risks, I mean, because it keeps you honest and it keeps the developers honest. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really big thing. So, uh, ooh, what else is going down in the world? The Iowa men who were accused of threatening Pokemon Championship have been denied bail for at least four months. You have um, any any thoughts on that? Uh, I think that's good. I yeah. think these guys deserve every bit of punishment that they got. And I read an article 
well, a very snippet of an article by a very intelligent man. I just got this uh, article emailed to me maybe a couple hours ago. Smartest man I know sent me this article. <laughs> and uh, he made some very good points. He made some very, very good points. What did I say? He said, you know, he's... <laughs> the, the lawyers try to play it off as a prank. And the judge calls BS as they were one step away from committing the act because they drove the weapons to the championship. Right. I agree yeah. with that 100%. I agree with what you, you said in that 100%. I agree with the judge's uh, oh, yeah. decision. There's the difference between like a prank and just, you know, a prank would just be like posting the picture and saying, oh, I'm going to kill the competition having a gun. Right. And I think it's maybe a step, you know, maybe crossing the line to have a picture of your guns. But whatever. People own guns. Take sure. a picture of a gun, post them. I'm going to kill the competition. But to drive there with rounds and the weapons is a totally different story. That's intent. If somebody did that, that, that tells me you planned on shooting that place up. And I think you're not a very trustworthy person. I hope you spend a very long time in prison and get the maximum of what that charge you know, brings. Mm-hmm. I hope you never get bail. I hope you, without bail. <laughs> since there were going to be children there. This is Pokemon. I'm, I'm interested to find out what happens in the next, next couple months with them. I hope that they get the, the, the whole book just thrown right in their faces. These, these guys are terrible. These guys are just terrible, terrible people. Make everyone look bad. Make people like Jimmy Kimmel think terrible things about us. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's, like a terrible, terrible thing. So what do you think about Battlefront matchmaking being skill-based? Like I, I said in what I wrote, the, I, I didn't like the, the Battlefront, or excuse me, the Battlefield 4 web-based server thing. I was worried they were going to bring that into Battlefront. Though I know it's not that big of a deal. For some reason, it bugged me. But to, I didn't mind it. See, and it's if annoying, I, but I didn't mind it. Yeah, I, if I if I had owned the game and played it more, because I only had like a free weekend of it, it probably wouldn't have bugged me that much. But I had a free weekend, I couldn't figure the damn thing out. I was like, why does it keep opening a web page? It probably wouldn't have bugged me that much if I owned it, but it bugged me. I'm glad they're not doing that. But the fact that you can't choose your server. Like, there's a big thing that makes uh, first-person communities, at least on PC, is having a server that you always go to, and you always have the same people in there, or maybe new people, and you're always there. It's your community in that game, and it's what it, it's what builds that community in that game. And, and being able to choose what map you want to play, or how many players, or... You know, if you don't like the, are they are they doing sixty four players? I think they're doing sixty four players. No, they're doing sixteen player limits. For oh, really? They even their uh, what, what was that mode called? Oh um, no, okay. So you could do sixteen, thirty two, or sixty four. Oh, okay, okay. So if I you don't like sixty four person servers, by the way, you don't. I do. I oh, love do. more people, the better. Right, okay. Yeah, it turns into this mad fest of people just cramming into the people. And that's why I love, like, like the Battlefield series. And I don't, obviously, Battlefront's not out, so I have no idea. But the Battlefield series was, like, really good at that because they like giant maps. Mm-hmm. And I always hated, like, having, like, a limited amount of players. Like, I wanted as many people as you could fit on that map. And it just turns into a nice giant battle fest. And you guys, right. you know, you're clashing at each other. And 
know, there's always people. You can always get in kills. You're always getting killed, especially me, always getting killed. <laughs> but it was fun because I like getting up on sniper, popping people off because there's sixty, you know, thirty-two enemies to yep. kill. Yeah, I, I love that's awesome. service, but I like the idea of being able to search for like you know, uh, sixteen, thirty-two, or sixty-four specific servers. Um, I'm also going to note that with Battlefield three and four on console, you could also uh, browse servers. Oh yeah, so that was the big. That was the big positive thing with like Battlefield players liked over Call of Duty. Not the only thing, but one of the bigger things is that you could like uh, find a server that had certain rules. Right. And you know, you know, I had the same type of people. You're playing with the kind of people that enjoy those rule sets, mm-hmm. and you're always going to play with those kinds of people. And you know, you join those servers. You're not just randomly matched. And what I don't like about this whole skill based thing is um, noting with the advanced warfare. One of the big things that people hated about advanced warfare was the uh, skill based matchmaking, mm-hmm. which is good in concept and terrible in practice. As terrible as it sounds. Nobody wants to get into a server. Okay, very few people want to get into a server where they're playing against people of similar skill when they could instead join servers of people who suck compared to them. Right. It's more fun. It's not a it's it's more fun to just stomp on people than it is to just to battle, you know, battle out hard. I guess in and it's a, it's a video game. You want to be the the guy on top, the guy getting the most kills, killing Everybody with the least deaths, your KD is perfect. That's the kind of guy you want. With skill-based matchmaking, you tend to, to find people that are as good or better than you. And mm-hmm. they ruin, they just wreck you, and it just turns into a boring game. And it's almost like trading kills. It just doesn't turn fun. I, 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 we'll have to see how it is in practice. I've yet to hear anything good about Battlefront in the first place, other than the way it looks. Yeah, um, that's true. We'll see. Because it almost feels like like if you were going to drive a Star Wars franchise into the ground, this is one way to do it. I Although, bet it... I'm not going to say that the Star Wars games have all been awesome. In fact, a lot of them have been terrible. Yeah. But it's 2015, and the people who made Battlefield, one of the more successful, just behind Call of Duty, you know, FPS games, is making this game. You, you'd expect them to do a good job. But nobody, nobody who's played it yet has said anything optimistic. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they came out with a new mode, Redemption. Was it Redemption? No, I cannot. It was the one that that uh, kind of freed up the whole flight uh, to be less like linear and on rails. But there was also a ground game with it too. Yeah, I hadn't heard about that. So you have the Fighter Squadron, mm-hmm. Supremacy, Supremacy. It's it called Supremacy. Supremacy. I'm pretty Rebels sure. and Imperials fight for control of five key points in this intense 40-player clash that takes place on some of the largest maps in Star Wars Battlefront. Take advantage of both ground and air vehicles in order to secure victory for your team. 40, man, that's it? 2020. Uh. I still want to play it. Oh, I'll play just, it. Just because oh, it's yeah. Star Wars, you yeah. can't you can't beat Star Wars. I think supremacy of all the the modes that I'm reading seems like the best. Mm-hmm. Fighter Squadron seems okay, but I don't like um, the way that EA or Dice, I should say, does their flight controls. They yeah. might change it up for this game. I doubt it. 
you know, we'll see. I love I love the X Wing. I love the Millennium Falcon. I love Tie Fighters. I love mm-hmm. them all. Star Wars has the best everything in it, and I'd love to just just fly the ships. Oh, in a, yeah. up in an updated game. I think that's the main thing for me, at least, is play Star Wars with modern graphics and modern gameplay. Hopefully, it will be good. Yeah, let's hope so. Speaking of Star Wars, today is uh, Force Friday, and what Force Friday is is the places like Walmart and Toys R Us all get together. Well, I don't know if they get together on Friday. They release or allow to be sold all of the new Star Wars toys, i.e. action figures, Legos, all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. All the good stuff that these, these people love and want. And apparently it was complete garbage with people with uh, Toys R Us's and Walmarts across the country. This is just an isolated event across the country are not stocking enough action figures, Legos, and other things to keep people happy. So if you're eighth in line, eighth, which is actually pretty good, eighth in line for Mm -hmm. this thing, you're not getting half the crap you want. There's like uh, some reports are stating that they had maybe 10 of each item with a limit of you could buy three, uh, three of each item. But them only having like 10 or so of these items isn't yeah. enough to support these Star Wars fans. And I want to get the first copies of these action figures and Lego sets for their collections. I think uh, they all dropped the ball a bit on this one. A little bit. Um, especially with all the hype with the new movie coming out. And in just a few months, actually, I just realized that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, so with some people saying, hey, Toys R Us, how can you allow 60 to line up and not tell them that you have almost no stock? 45 people got zero. Now, how long? I wonder how long they were waiting in line until. Uh, from reports I've, or tweets, I should say, mm-hmm. and articles I've read, some people were waiting in line up to 24 hours. 24 hours before nobody or before somebody uh, said something? Yeah, before they you know, before they uh for midnight on you know Thursday midnight or Friday midnight, you know them letting them in and then coming in and finding out that there's nothing there for them, so they just did all that for nothing. Some people flew to certain areas to be with family on Force Friday and walked out with like a small Lego set. That's ridiculous. If I waited in line for that long, I would expect to just get what I wanted. Star Wars fans will wait in line for anything and for however long it takes to get <laughs> those any things. They're better than Trekkies, though. I just want to put that out there. Well, I didn't realize you were saying anything bad about Star Wars fans, but... Trekkies. No! <laughs> Damn, Trekkies. I have tried so Star hard. Star Trek sucks! I have tried so hard to get into Star Trek. And you know what? I enjoyed Kirk and Spock. But I just can't get into Star Wars or Star Trek. I can't get into it. The next generation and and all that. I don't know why. No, I feel you. Uh, Little known fact, when I was, I don't know, about five or six, seven, somewhere around there, Mm -hmm. I went to a Star Trek convention. Yeah. Still not a Star Trek fan. My aunt and uncle brought me there and I got one of those little little talky things that they use. I don't know what they're called. The cam? No, wait. 
I always want to call it a camcorder. Uh, um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, tricorder. No, what they're called? What is this? You looking it up? Oh, I'm trying. I don't know what it. I don't even know how to like say enough to get it a, a communicator. Is that is that what it's called? Oh, that might be what it's called. Just a community. I swear it was like a tricorder or something. Mega communicators. Oh, apparently Mars knows. She's yelling at us. Uh, I still feel like she's wrong, but I don't know. No, this this newforcecomics.com slash trek ref slash mega play. Mm-hmm. So it's just a communicator. Then what the hell's a tricorder? I think it's a made up word that you just made up. I swear. Okay, whatever. All right. Anyways, Star Trek is boring. Yeah. I tried. Yeah, it was the same way. I was like, it, it's got a, like an interesting universe. It's just like, uh, it's just not my thing. Nothing against Trekkies, though. I just, I don't. I don't get it. I'm like Jimmy Kimmel on this one. I just don't get it. Also, why there have um, been good Star Wars games, but no good Star Trek games. Ooh, burn. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to say to people. I think they'll live. I think they will. I really, really do. So Fallout 4 apparently has oh. more dialogue than Fallout 3 and Skyrim combined. That's a lot of uh, dialogue. Oh, 111,000 lines of speech. <laughs> By the way, getting confirmation that it is called a tricorder. <laughs> yes. You're going you're gonna to look it up. You just want me to be wrong. That's all no, that is. is- no, this is one of the things. Like, this isn't. There's so many things. I think there is a communicator and a tricorder. I think you're both right. Maybe communicator was original series, and then tr- like tricorder was maybe next gen or something. No, tricorder looks like a camera, and I think communicator is their little communicator. Yeah, because like if you type in communicator, you get the thing that I have, which is a little flippy voice box communicator thing. So. You, you did say something that was in the Star Trek universe, so it is a communicator. The tricorder is a little camera thing. A saucy Caltech communicator. Anyways. Fallout 4. Are you, are you still excited for Fallout 4? I am still excited for Fallout 4. I am ready for it. Well, okay, not literally, but I like at this moment because I got a little other things I'm doing at the moment. But I, I'm really excited for Fallout 4. Uh, I haven't heard anything that puts me off about mm-hmm. it in any way. All of it sounds amazing. It just seems like there's so many games wrapped up into this one game that Fallout 4 is just going to be amazing. They have thousands of names that you can call people, including boobs, fuckface, pussy, all these other things. That is awesome. That's the best thing ever. 111,000 lines of speech. Lines, not words, not characters, lines. That's an insanely large amount of audio to record. It took them years to get that. I think it's a feat in uh, where we are in our gaming atmosphere right now. Right. That we can have this much because it used to be you you can have very little. And even before then, it was all dial. It was all, you know, you had to read it. It was all written dialogue. Yeah. You'd read it and you'd play the game through it and try to make sense of it. And now we have these amazing systems 
with tons of dialogue. I mean, the game looks great. The game has a, a, a fort defense mode in it. That's not even like integral to this to the game. It's just a thing that you can or not do. You can just mm-hmm. choose to do it. That's awesome. You don't have to do it, which is I love the fact that it's a choice. It makes me want to do it even more. Right. Give me the choice and I'm going to want to do it. Force it on me and I might not like it. Customizing your character, customizing the the armor which you haven't really been able to do yet in Fallout 3. That's, you can make yeah. certain weapons, but now you can customize all of the weapons. There's so much. Your character talks, which is a turn off to some people, but it doesn't bother me. I haven't been a Fallout fan for very long, only like a year or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think 111,000 lines of speech makes it just seems oh, it's just super amazing. It just it, it means that there's a ton of story and a ton of you know communication that you can have with NPCs. It's gonna be awesome. I cannot wait for a new age. A uh, game like this, Bethesda style game, is the only way I could put it. Now I'm wondering. Certain... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say because Bethesda has a certain way that they do their games. Yeah. Now I'm wondering though, um, have they hired more than four actors to do these lines? Because you know Bethesda. Oh yeah. Uh, case in point, Fallout or not Fallout, uh, Skyrim and Oblivion. Mm-hmm. The same person voices like 50 people. Yeah. It's the same exact voice, too. They don't change it. It's just like a different character model. Now, if they could get Nolan North, I bet he could do everybody there, and you wouldn't even notice. Probably not. That guy's good. That guy That's is good. a very... He does a great job. Everybody yeah. wants him. People, for some reason, are annoyed that he's getting all these jobs, but he does such a good job. Who cares? I know uh, Dinklage. Uh, was is it Dinklage? Peter, Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Yeah, Peter Dinklage. He, they uh, recently took him out of Destiny and got got Nolan North. Yep, got Nolan and... North to voice all of the new dialogue and then to redo all of the old dialogue. Right. And you know, <laughs> so... I like I like Peter Dinklage a lot. I think he's a good actor. And I he's thought great. I thought he did fine in that. I, I think his direction was probably kind of crap, but. I gotta admit, uh, I heard some of the Nolan North audio, and I mean, the guy just blows it out of the water. Well, yeah, and he's a professional voice actor. He does yeah. video games for a freaking living. Yeah. What a hell of a living. I-, I would kill to do that. That'd be awesome. Right? I'd be talking to this mic in different voices and making tons of money doing it. <laughs> and be in video games. Oh, God, yeah. To be in that, that part of the gaming industry would just be awesome. The actual development side, even if you're just a voice actor, I would rather be a voice actor than a developer. Though I don't think I, I, think I don't they think get I'd treated work a lot nicely. Oh yeah, or yeah. a lot more nicely. Yeah, that's it's too cutthroat. The whole business is too. What do you call yeah, it? Yeah, you hear it's... all these stories. It's just like people are like staying late without overtime pay, and you know, working hours and like work, working seven plus days a week and yeah. not seven plus days, working up to seven days a week because you can't work more than seven days a week. Anyways, working seven days a week just to push out a game a little bit faster because the publisher wants it, wants it out on a certain date and you're not completely done with everything because a new bug just popped up and you got to deal with it because it's your job. And then uh, developers, um, I think mostly pushed by the publishers, as soon as the game's done, they get rid of half their staff and suddenly you're out of a job. 
It's yeah. constant. It's a constant. Don't think I'd do it. Oh, yeah. Although when I was younger, my whole dream was to get into the games industry and just be a developer. Mm-hmm. I don't I think, know if I could do that. Unless I went like uh indie like as in like, you know, I we I was part of a a smaller team and wasn't part of this big umbrella company. Right. Like, you know, like we work on our own terms and we get the game out. Mm-hmm. And then we stay with the team and you know, you work, you finish another game, you continue working on that. I couldn't do Activision or Ubisoft or oh, EA or something. God, no thank you. Working with 500 people and, like you said, get fired right after the game is out. All right, bye bye. Essentially, your temp temp work for a games company. Pretty much. That just that doesn't sound fun at all. They don't even get paid very well. So, 16s, uh, aged 15 to 18, I guess, they were arrested in the UK for allegedly being employed by Lizard Squad. Which, if you don't know who they are, they're the people who shut down Sony. Was it just Sony, or was it Xbox and... No, they did Sony and Xbox. Uh, they also were a part of the team that called in, and I can't remember... The Sony's, like, CEO or something like that. What's his oh, name? Oh, Smedley? Yes, That's yes. right, that's he, right. They called in a bomb threat on his plane, caused the plane to land, and just ruined his whole day. And then he quit because of it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, I, I'm pretty sure he, the way he well, reacted to it, he he got um, let go <laughs> by daybreak. Yeah. So that was that. Okay. Anyways. So so that's Lizard Squad. So they were allegedly being employed by Lizard Lizard Squad, which it turns out they they weren't. Maybe that's what Bloomberg reported. Anyways, um. They were using a a, uh, a tool called the Lizard Stressor, which is just a uh, it's a DDoS tool. It's just like the uh, low orbit ion cannon. It's the same shit. Yeah, that's all it In is. In fact, it's, it's almost it's almost because I was looking. It's almost the same coding. Oh, really? Yeah, almost exactly the same. Well, yeah, I couldn't like, see it it's being. It's like they took that as like a base and then just messed with it a little bit more to update it a little bit more to react to. Uh, a lot of companies that have the anti DDoS softwares, they like. I don't know all the technical details, but they they switched some things around so it was wasn't as easily detectable when right. it was happening initially, so they can get it down for a little longer than what they normally would be able to. Now, by a little longer, are we talking minutes, hours? I don't know exactly. Maybe twenty minutes, a couple right. hours. That sounds that sounds right. Uh, so yeah, so these guys, these these sixteens were arrested for taking down four corporate websites the corporations were never released which ones they were that's pretty much that's the whole that's the whole thing here just a bunch of kids little script kitties that uh used the tool to take down a website yeah that's that's growing in popularity it's yeah. becoming a thing it's like hey man i can download this ddos software Mm-hmm. And we could attack this this company or this website and have a good laugh and you know move on and not think about you know a- the actual harm we're doing, potential income loss or profit loss, I should say, to right. a, to a company, or affecting their servers, causing them to use more resources to try to figure out what's going on, try to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Dudes like this, man. I I don't get it. I honestly I don't get it. 
there's a time and a place for a DDoS. And to use it willy-nilly is it's stupid. Yeah. It's a weapon. Essentially, it's an internet weapon and should shouldn't be used lightly. Except in times of government oppression, but that's that's a totally different subject altogether. Like the yeah, the thing in Egypt. Yeah, that was completely Yeah, exactly. It was perfect. Was yeah. That was exactly what that stuff should be used for. Like, oh, yeah, you, yeah. your your government's oppressing you. We're gonna DDoS their their servers. We're gonna get you a go around so you can use the internet because it should be an open and free internet. Mm-hmm. That was perfect. Uh, you got anything else to say about that? I mean, I don't have too much. It's just one of those things. Was like you did something stupid. These kids deserve punishment. Maybe not like an extreme punishment. It was just a crime of kids messing around, which yeah. I mean doesn't excuse it. I don't know the full extent of the damages that they caused. Their punishment shouldn't be more than what it would be to, you know, repay the costs. I agree. It shouldn't be something they shouldn't have to go to jail or juvie or whatever. But it should be enough that it doesn't ruin their lives, but that it deters other kids from doing this stuff. Yeah, a good deterrent for other people. Teach them a lesson. You know, it, it's on their record, but it's nothing. It's not something huge. Mm-hmm. They could still get a job in life. They're fifteen to eighteen years old. They're yeah. they're young people. They don't deserve no. It's especially not. for this. They're not like the Pokemon guys who came with a gun <laughs> with intentions to shoot up people. It's actually yeah. killed in people's lives. They were being stupid. It's like a prank phone call, only a hundred times worse. That's it. It's nothing extreme. They said I, I it's, it, because it's funny. It's not, so don't. It's stupid. I don't know why you would do something like that. Let's talk about Denovo or Denuvo, oh. Denuvo, Denuvo. Denuvo. I have no idea how to say this damn word. <laughs> I think that's part <laughs> of the. I think that's part of the scheme of cracking this thing <laughs> is pronouncing it. it. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the authentication process you have to, get, you have to put your, plug your mic in you have to pronounce it properly and just, if you don't do it correctly just right it, it knows yeah. you're not real you're not you're not your authentication <laughs> it's not a bad idea actually with this word okay so let's talk about it. what do you want to talk about with the, the the metal gear solid 5 physical pc copy and this is pc only obviously it only has eight megabytes on it mm-hmm. that is because it's just like essentially uh if i'm understanding this correctly it's basically just like a steam download permission yeah it's just well it's the steam installer is what it is it comes with two things when you buy a physical copy of the the pc edition of phantom pain you essentially all you get is a piece of paper with your cd code for the game and the CD, was CD, not even a DVD, a CD of 8 megabyte installer for Steam. That's it. Hey, good on them. That saves them a ton of money. <laughs> That's true. I, it's also pretty terrible at the same time. People buy the, the physical copy because they don't want to have to download. Some people buy these physical copies because they can't download games. Exactly. Yeah, especially not guys everybody in has Australia. People who have download limits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so negate what I just said about good on them. Now that I'm really, really thinking about this one. <laughs> That's messed up. It's a bit. Because I'm saying it now because my original thought was like, well, at least they thought of a way to save some money on it. You know, cool. That's you know, business practice. You know, business as usual. 
But people who can't don't have internet and buy a physical copy because they don't have internet to come home, put this in their computer, and then try to boot it up, and it tells them they have, they have to they have to install Steam, and now they have to download something from the internet that they don't necessarily have or have certain limits to. What the hell, man? If the, people who buy physical copies expect to be able to play the game from the disc, and that's it. If they want any other patches or anything like that, they can find other ways to get it, but they want the game. Yeah, that's actually a terrible, terrible thing to be doing to people. Yeah, I mean, because like, if, if you have the internet, why not just get it from Steam anyway? Preload it. Or exactly. Actually, it didn't have preload. No, there was no from, preload. There was no preload. Yeah, there was no preload. Still, you get it from the internet, just download it. You don't have to worry about a physical copy. You get it the like the second it releases, start downloading it. You don't have to go to drive to a store, waste your time there. They're buying the game, not Steam. Steam's free. <laughs> but, well, you're you're buying that piece of paper that has the code on it, so you can license on Steam to play it. That's such a, that's such a terrible a... business practice. That's and another little well, coming and oh yeah and it, the reason they did it I'm, I'm i assume you read uh the thing the uh the reason they did it was that they changed the way de nuvo whatever they changed the way it works they couldn't just there was okay well okay technically there were two reasons they didn't put uh, uh the uh, the whole game on the on a physical disc one for pirates not that they didn't literally 20 minutes or not even been 20 minutes was already uh out there to download it was yeah, just i think it was on the first 10 to 15 minutes yeah. of the game being released it was on torrent sites ready to ready for people to download once they cracked anubo right exactly um so it was so that they couldn't have that initial copy of the game which doesn't make any sense because like i like we just said 10 to 15 minutes they had it anyways um the way they they changed the way the denova works with the phantom pain is they they it is now a unique key per steam user the way it normally works is you have your encryption key and bam actually the way they normally crack it is that they bypass steam altogether they haven't actually cracked denovo i'm just gonna call it denovo they haven't actually cracked it. What they do constantly, which is technically kind of a crack, is that they <laughs> they bypass Steam. They bypass the check altogether. Yeah. Uh, so they haven't technically cracked the whole encryption algorithm, but it just essentially like once when when it runs through the check to see like if it's actually running through an authorized Steam account, it's it just gives it an automatic pass without actually checking for anything. Pretty much. That's pretty much what that's pretty much what they found was happening. Uh, but now it doesn't work like that anymore. Everybody gets their own unique key, and it has to go through this pass. So even if they did, this is a funny thing: is even if they did, because I heard a rumor that it had been cracked. Which, if it had, that's funny because three days it took, because <laughs> it was yesterday, I think. Even if it has been cracked, the way it works now, only one person would be able to play it they'd have to crack it again and then again and again and continue to crack unless they bypass it completely you looking up the uh rumor yeah i want to see if i could find anything also i would like to note really quickly uh that uh myself and unbearable are 
not condoning piracy. We're just putting the facts <laughs> out there. Okay. That's part of the gaming world is actually it is. very it's to understand piracy, how it works, what they do. It's actually also it's very interesting. Uh oh, yeah. it's it's a process. It's almost like a like a sports game. Mm-hmm. You know? Team A, the game developers, put out this game and it's up to the pirates to see if they can crack it. <laughs> Coming to theaters this fall. <laughs> but uh, so I found one that claims it's cracked. Okay. I'm not gonna post. I'm not gonna show it. I'm not gonna no, post no. any links. I'm not promoting piracy. We are reporting. Yeah, we're merely reporting on this. But uh, I found one that that claims that it's been cracked completely, uh, full install, ready to play. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There are still some that are are stating that you know wait for the crack. Also, keep in mind with these. Uh, yep. Okay. So. This game has been cracked. It has been done. No uh, shit. Denovo has been cracked completely for, for the fan from a pain. trusted source. From a trusted source, yes. Oh, do, are you looking at like a forum or is it on a a, a, a torrent? A secret website that's top secret that I'm not okay. going to put out. Okay. I'm not putting this out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, from a trusted source. Just because, like I said, I, this stuff interests me. I like to keep up with this sort of things. This is the, oh, absolutely. This is, this is journalism. This is all this is, is we're just reporting this. That's it. That, that's news right there. That's all. Again, <laughs> we're not condoning. Go and buy the game. Is it good? Is the game good? The game, I will get to that, but, uh, I'll well, give just... you an, an initial heads up. Yes, it is a great game. So then go buy it. Just go get it because it's worth it. And you know, when you buy a game, you're supporting the developers, you're showing them that you're willing to pay for the game and that they're actually doing a good job and they're going to put more out. Support good games. If you like the game, buy the game. Especially on Steam now. If you don't like the game, get your money back and that tells the developers that they suck at doing their job and they need to work harder. So we're going to get into our very first first impressions review see i'm going to do a first impressions review on this game because i am nowhere near completing the game is just out and it is a very big game so we're not anywhere near being done with the game or i am not so this is my first impressions the middle Gear solid 5 phantom pain comes after ground zeros or ground zeros is merely just a training mission i'm not 100 sure on that one yet i'm sure that's out there somewhere and it's probably common knowledge i'm not 100 sure the game has its quirks uh, I really like it so far, though. Its recent updates has uh, a number of missions. Uh, or, okay, so it's it's currently going through server problems, I should say, with um, a number of this the missions listed in the FOB mission list has been decreased. Display of information regarding win loss points or supporting supporters and heroism has been disabled in the FOB missions list. And a number of missions listed as online combat deployment menu has been decreased. The game feels amazing. It feels like a great game. They touch on, you know, they're they're in Afghanistan. I've been there. It looks super close to what I remember it looking like. They even have grape bros. And go ahead. I was just going to I was going to bring up the that you were telling me about the grape bros. Uh, That's all. Yeah, great bros. That's which 
nobody ever talks about when they speak of Afghanistan because they think of Afghanistan as either this really mountainous area or this super barren, dry uh, desert area. Uh-huh. They have grape rows there. Uh, mind you, the grape rows that they have in the game are a little short. Generally, the grape rows are like five to six feet tall. The look and design of it is is very realistic. The grape vines, the grape tree things uh, lay against the grape rows is very accurate. The layout of the, the grape rows is perfect, spot on. The almost triangle with the flat the flat top thing they do constantly looks like a little like a wedge. It looks beautiful. The area, the map is huge. I have I haven't even like explored anywhere near to most of it. I'm not sure if it's Skyrim huge yet. That is still to be decided. But um, the cutscenes feel amazing. the The first portion of the game felt like a giant cutscene, which almost felt really good, or actually did feel really good. It felt like a, I was watching a, an intro to a movie. Yeah. Know, the initial fight sequence of the movie. It felt good. The story developed. You know, you felt sympathy for this character. Things were happening at an extremely fast pace. It looked really good. Flowed amazingly. The aiming system still leads a little bit something to be wished for. It's still good enough to to allow to allow you to have a good time. Um, since they give you the opportunity to go iron sight versus their weird crosshair system that mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of. It's just the three points. Is it the two lines of the line underneath? Uh, some of the mechanics are a little annoying, namely going prone. An example, I run into the situation a lot where I'm trying to sneak into an area. It's daytime. People can see me relatively easy. So I'm trying to stay as low to the ground as possible and decrease my silhouette. I'll barely sneak out behind a building so that I can climb up to get to something on top of the roof, get up onto the roof, and immediately press and hold A to try to go prone. Now, mm-hmm. generally, this means that I'm going to go prone. But I've been running into the problem, and this is on Xbox One, mind you. I've been running into the problem where I'll press and hold it, and instead of going prone, he'll just stand up. And then I immediately get into an alert status, and I absolutely hate getting an alert status, so I'll have to restart from checkpoint, and it's frustrating it happens constantly all the time uh getting onto the horse it's cool at first because it gives a little i don't know a mini cutscene sort of thing where he gets on this horse it plays this little sound and it you know the camera switches to like a an angle where he's looking slightly up at uh venom snake and it's a little irritating when you're trying to jump on your horse real quick mm-hmm. and you're watching this little thing and you can move, but now your angles are weird and you have no idea where you're going. It gets a little disoriented. But other than that, the the character design is amazing. These characters look awesome. Snake's got this weird thing with his face where he got the stitches and it it's got the thing poking out of his head from the explosion. So continuity is there. They didn't just, you know, surgery ex machina his ass. So the actual things actually happened to him. The backstory is amazing. Obviously, they touch on games like Peace Walker, which I'm not a big fan of, but it's a good game. The games flow with the timeline. They're not so far thus far. So far, they, they flow with the timeline. 
It makes sense to where they are. It makes sense to why they're doing what they're doing. And as the game plays out, you can kind of see from games that are in the future on the timeline where they're getting that from. So it fits. It feels good. The The game has a bit of an app style feature to it, which gives rewards for logging in each day. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of that because it feels like an app. It feels like something you download from the Play Store and, you know, ooh, lo- come in, log in every day. We'll give you this extra little treat. And every time you log in, it gets better. But I think it's one of those things that are a limited run. So for people who early adopters of the game, let's just say it that way. So for early adopters of the game, I, th- I think it's going to run for like a week or two. I, I'm not 100% sure on that one, so don't quote me. But uh, each time you log in, you'll get like 5,000 of one resource. So you get a special skin or, or clothing or something something to add to the experience. You know, you get a little bit more of something to make it a little bit easier to, develop, to, to, to build something. Um, one of the things that I didn't like about Peace Walker was the mission select screen. And Phantom Pain has something similar to that. It's not exactly a mission select screen in the the way that you would normally think of a mission select screen. So, like, example, in GoldenEye, you have a mission select screen. You select the, the, the level or the, the, the mission that you want to play, and then you would go to that. It has something similar to that, but they do a little bit differently. It's more like a quest system. Like, you do with Skyrim, you select it, and then you can go to it. You can go to the area. You can get in your chopper. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of that, but I feel like I'm also warming up to it, if you get what I'm saying. The whole chopper thing? Well, yeah, the whole having to go into the AA and, you know, select the mission and then get pick a drop-off point. It makes sense. Like I said, I feel like I'm warming up to it, but my initial reaction was I don't want to be selecting missions. This is a, a Metal Gear game things happen as i progress through the game now i get that that's a little bit difficult to do with an open world and so that's i'm sure that's why they went towards it but it's a little bit of something to get used to being a long time metal gear fan now the mother base is another little thing that i'm having a hard time warming up to it feels very peace walker-esque and that was something that i hated about it Although thus far I haven't gotten to anything that says that I could pick a member of my my team to have them do a mission for me, which I very much appreciate because I hated that about Peace Walker. Like if you didn't push a push a, a squad member to go do a mission, then you would lose that mission. It's the Peace Walker is not is what my least favorite canon game, but uh, other than that, the game feels great. The, uh, the controls are mostly amazing. The, the the design of the map design is great. The character design is amazing. You have to gather people to work for you, and part of the teams that you have to gather are uh, linguists, so people who speak the languages in that area, which I think is a very nice touch. To be perfectly mm-hmm. honest, instead of just being able to understand what they're saying, since people are speaking in the actual language like um, Russian and Pashto. And you have to just, you know, pick up a translator, you know, you know, grab them and Fulton recovery system them up to mother base and they can start working for you. 
Uh, I do appreciate that. I think that's a nice little touch to it. But uh, overall, at this point in time, I say that uh, Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain, is a 9 out of 10, only missing in certain areas such as you know mechanics and over-cinematic uh, approaches to this style of gameplay. Uh, we'll see... Once I have completed the game and I get a full review of this, that might score might go up and might go down. We'll see how it goes. Uh, th- I've only played it for about five hours of total time, mm. which is a, it's a, another positive. I played it for five hours and I'm only 4% done with the game. So that is how I sit with Metal Gear Solid Five. I love the game. I'm having a good time. 9 out of 10 is nowhere near a terrible score. I feel like Fallout 4 has a lot of work to do to be able to compete with this game for Game of the Year. I think this year is a very good year for uh, for gamers, and I'm excited to see what Fallout 4 can do against Metal Gear 5. Do you mind if I ask you some questions about... Go ahead, go ahead. Because um, I haven't played it yet. The Fulton system. Um, I've heard some bad things about that. What do you think about it? I think the Fulton system works exactly how they say it's going to work. Other than the fact that it, it reacts to bad weather and it only gives you a, you know generally a 90% chance in clear weather to, of recovering the actual thing you're trying to Fulton. Mm-hmm. That's the only negative I could think of, but it's clear weather. You're not always going to hit the target. Well, what I heard was that um, what missions kind of boil down to is go there, shoot people with sleep darts and Fulton them out and then keep doing that. And see, that's where the game comes into, like, how you want to play the game. If you want to play the game where you just run in there, shoot everybody in the face, and then, you know, make it easy and pick up people with a Fulton recovery system, then that's how you want to play it. That's a good point. It's just the balance of how you feel like you want to play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I prefer to play the game. I try not to shoot. I try to do my best not to shoot anybody, even with my trank darts, unless I absolutely have to. If you take in and try to use these things as, like, last resort measures you know escalation of force sort of situation right then it's a really fun game it's challenging it's hard you know it's difficult trying to learn these these uh these people's paths how they're going to react how far they can see you because it's not like the original game or the original playstation game i should say uh metal gear solid where they have these you know cones you can see where they can see you're kind of gauging the distance of how far they can see what time of the day it is how much light there is Mm-hmm. You know, whether there's a sandstorm or not. And you try to move around these things. If you just, I mean, you could, in theory, just run around with your Mark 22. I forget what it's at. It's called in five. But if for sake of uh, continuing the, the conversation with the Mark 22 and just shoot them in the head, then you could do that. That's mm-hmm. how you want to play the game. <laughs> you could also, in the game of Solitaire, pick out all the cards that you need, lay them down, and then call yourself a winner. But that doesn't make the game <laughs> fun, now does it? That's a good point. Oh, that's, that's exactly what I did in Ground Zeroes when I was playing. I, was, I just uh, trank every single person and move on. Like, And, and that's a out. sound strategy, but it depends. Like, You don't get as much GMP, which yeah, is their, uh, uh-huh. their, their money system. So if you're just knocking dudes out, you barely get any GMP from your missions. Uh, so if you, you completely sneak through or sneak past everybody, you get more GMP if nobody. Uh, I think you get about 100,000 more GMP 
for just sneaking past people without being noticed, without shooting anything, uh, being non-lethal, you get a bonus for. Mm -hmm. There's bonuses for actually playing this game the way that it's meant to be played. I mean, I know well, I don't want to play it the way it's meant to be played. I should be able to play it the way I want to do it. Well, then you should probably be playing God of War because those are the kind of <laughs> games that you sound like you want to play. This is a stealth action game. Yeah, and but it sounds like you can. Everybody. It sounds like you can still play it like that. You can go through Guns Ablazing and finish the mission, anyways. You could go through Guns Blazing. You have limited ammo. You can't mm -hmm. carry a whole lot of ammo. In fact, I think you can hold. Uh, the first weapon you get, I think you can hold maybe a magazine or two, maybe three mags worth of ammo. So you got to really think about, like, you got to pick your shots. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure, you could, you could headshot everybody. But I, if that's how you want to play, then that's how you want to play. I mean, don't blame it on the game for no, giving but... you the opportunity to just go guns blazing, kill everybody. Yeah. And then pick up your target, Fulton them out, and then call it a good day. Well, I get you what you're saying, though. That's it's a it's a Metal Gear game. It's a stealth game. You should be you should be stealth in it. Now, what about um, what about Mother Base? Is it see? This is something that interests me. Is Mother Base a lot? Is it completely useless, or is there a reason to go there? So the way that the Mother Base works into the game is through the single player aspects of the game. When you're going through missions, or if you're just out in Afghanistan. You collect resources that are in these boxes, that you know, minerals, processed minerals, bio shit, mm -hmm. and you know, yeah, you collect GMP to pay for these things. You collect enough of those, and then you get your your R and D and your um, developers or whatever they're called to a high enough rank, then you can develop certain sections of your mother base. And the way that Mother Base works is that's where all your stuff is. But other players can choose to attack your Mother Base and you can defend it. So you build these things up to create a defense for your Mother Base so that when it they do attack you, they don't collect as much resources from that Mother Base as you, you know, as they maybe want to. It's got a point where it's got development. It almost feels like a throw-in, and which is why I'm kind of like wishy-washy about the mother base sort of situation. But I also at, at at a point it makes sense to the game in a reality check sort of situation. We're like, yeah, of course you would have like a little base where you would go to. It's odd that it's a it's an offshore base considering Afghanistan is a la landlocked country. The nearest ocean that could support a rig that size is a very very long ways away. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in that aspect, continuity isn't very large, but it's still there at least. It almost feels like, and I don't mean for any spoilers, but this I don't think this is too much of a spoiler for anybody. It almost feels like, and I could absolutely be wrong. I'm merely speculating with this. But it almost feels like you're building Mother Base as Big Shell in Metal Gear 2, and I could be absolutely wrong. You know I what? That was wrong. my I was the first time I saw that when I started uh Metal Gear Solid 2 on my stream. I, I went back, my thought went to Mother Base and Phantom Pain from what I had seen, and that is what I thought. I was like, God, that looks like Yeah, the color like scheme the... is the same. It's it's basically in the same area. So this could potentially be where they um they build arsenal gear 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've only played five hours of the game. I think I'm on the fifth or sixth mission. So oh, I've been okay. doing a lot of side missions. Ooh, another thing I want to add is it's uh, you can collect tapes in the game, and these tapes have certain songs on it, like uh, The Man Who Sold the World, Blinded Me With Science, etc., etc. So I think that's another little co- collectibles aspect, which the Metal Gear franchise has had in virtually every one of their games. Mm-hmm. Uh, find these things that are just hidden out. They're not the easiest things in the world to find, but they're in... They're in the places that you would think they would be, but they're just like everywhere. So I think that's really cool. It gives um, a lot more playtime in the game. Yeah, uh, I've yet to see anything that's got given replayability, other than you know wanting to play the story again. But once again, I'm only five or six hours into this game. Yeah, I've got a very long way to go. <laughs> yeah, from 4%. what I've from what I'm hearing, um, people who are 40, 40 hours in, I'd say. I, 40 hours sounds about right. People who are 40 hours in are are getting only maybe, um, what was it, 15% completion? Yeah. Resource gathering is, is a really big thing. And if you spend, you know, take your time to resource, gather these resources to try to build Mother Base, try to keep your men happy, food, medicines, medical supplies, and things like that, you can spend a lot of time just doing that. So there's people who are 40 plus hours in the game. It doesn't surprise me that they're only 15% done with actual game completion. Yeah, I imagine the game completion also takes into consideration the uh, collectibles. So keep bear that in mind. It's not necessarily main story missions. It also probably includes side ops and everything to do in the game. Mm-hmm. So that 100% could be you've done literally everything in this game, collected every animal, every plant, all the tapes, all the intel. 100% it 100 it all of the missions. That means done them perfectly in the 100%. So that those all could be in that too, and I imagine that they are. Release night. I was up at midnight, and I watched a stream of the the first the hour that intro. I was impressed. I admit. What did you think about the whole? What did you think about the whole intro? As, I as a the whole, whole intro was really good. It was it was it felt like a really nice way to grab the player, pull them straight into the story. There wasn't a whole lot of. Um, you can't be interested in this or boring stuff. A lot of this stuff gave a lot of information about what you're about to play, uh, about the things that are going on in this, the, the story, where you've left off from. And like I said, I believe it's Ground Zeroes because it makes sense in the explosion. So I'm pretty sure Ground Zeroes is technically a canon game also. Mm-hmm. But um, after the explosion, you're, I think it was Pause, uh, after she blew up from the bomb in her stomach. Spoiler, but you should have already played this game. It was like 30 bucks to play the game. Actually, I had gotten her and hadn't left yet, so I, I didn't know that. Holy shit, the game's been out for like a year now. I know, I know, I know. Anyways, uh, after the explosion, uh, the doctor was you know, you know explaining things. Crazy shit's happening. A lot of cool stuff. I'm not going to give too much of a spoiler unless we want to do a spoiler warning. But this is a spec, another speculation spoiler. If, yeah, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. Okay. So spoiler warning, also speculation. Since you saw the intro scene, you remember the guy that's on fire? Yeah, yeah. So, I think that that is uh, Colonel Volgan from Three. He's got all of the characteristics pointing towards him. He uses the bullets. He absorbs them because if you played three, which I know you fucking haven't, 
<laughs> if you played three, you know that the way he uses his rounds is he'll put he'll grab them in his fingertips and he'll use his electro charge to mm-hmm. to ignite the um the back of the round, the firing pin oh, the, strikes um... this portion of the round. <laughs> oh jeez, the um the it's literally on the tip of my tongue. The yeah, me too. The strike, the the no, the uh. yeah, the firing pin hits this striking point on the round. Yeah, that contains a certain amount of um, uh, black powder that allows the round to ex- to ignite, pushing mm-hmm. it through the chamber and in an M4, giving it what, uh, but two and a half. Right rotations per inch or something like that. Something like that. Anyways, he 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 blows he explodes that shit with his his electricity charge and shoots the rounds. Also, the way that um, what he's wearing now he's on fire, so it's a little bit difficult to see. But he's got this certain like really tight skin skin tight, obviously Japanese anime style uniform thing that he's wearing that looks exactly like what Colonel Vulcan was wearing. Can I, um, I uh, know the answer to this question. As long as it doesn't spoil it too much. Well, it's a yes or no as, like, is it him or not? Oh, yeah, no, I don't. Go ahead and say it. I'm going to close my ears. Oh, I won't say it. I won't say it. No, I mean, like, I've spoiled some things. I don't know if I want... I'm not going to stop you from spoiling things just because I don't want them spoiled. No, no, continue. I, there's no point. All I right. just thought you might I just... No, no, no. This is this is the franchise. This is the franchise. This is gaudy. Gaudy. <laughs> Anyways. But yeah, this game... It's just... it's uh, it's. uh I'm a Metal Gear fanboy, if you can't tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a great franchise. This is a great game. I wasn't the biggest fan of four. I liked four a lot, but if it, to put it in order of games I liked, it would go, not including five, three, one, two, four. Peace Walker. Mm-hmm. Unless you include the original NES tiles, then we go three, one, two, four. Metal Gear, and then the Metal Gear, the second Metal Gear on the on the NES, and then Peace Walker, and then Portable Ops, and then Acid. Because acid suck. Oh, you were telling me about that—the card game, right? Yeah. Okay. So, 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 Metal Gear Acid was this game where you play a solid snake at Shadow Moses Island, and you work with Meryl. And mm-hmm. the way that you move it's like a tactics game mixed with a card game. And you have certain moves, and you can use these cards to make moves, and you can use attack cards to attack certain er- enemies and areas. But you could also go through the game not being noticed. It was just a pain in the ass. It's a terrible game. It wasn't fun. It was boring and monotonous. I don't recommend. Neither acids. Neither one of them. All right. All right. So don't don't do acid. Don't do acid. That's a that's solid advice. <laughs> See what I did there. <laughs> Unless you're gonna handle it. I mean, be in a safe place. Uh, be somewhere where you feel safe, and make sure that you have a sober person around you. That you trust, and then if you have all those things, then do acid. Other than that, never ever play acid. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, two questions. This is two. I'm gonna ask one on one. Okay, so first thing, what's your favorite thing so far about Phantom Pain? That's actually a tough one. Um, 
I would want to say so far it's a story, but I haven't seen so much of it. Oh, okay. Other than yeah. you find um, who I, I think is Donald Miller. Miller. They just yeah. reference him by his last name, Miller, but I think that's Donald Miller. Mm-hmm. But honestly, right now, it's just the pure gameplay, the stealth mechanics of it. I love the idea of being able to smoke your time cigar oh, and yeah. change the time and being able to play a mission at night or day. Mm-hmm. Or just choosing whatever time it is, that's the time that you choose to play it at, or play the the level at. So yeah, right now it's the 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 gameplay, which is a it's a very positive thing. I really like it. I've got very minor gripes about it, but other than that, uh, the gameplay pulls me in. It feels good. It works. It feels like a great stealth game. I love the open world mechanic to it. I love the ability to just move from town to town. I'm not stuck in this linear path where I have to find a way to get through a certain area. I could find other ways around that area or attack mm-hmm. it from a different angle. I like that. It's rare that you find like a good stealth game that's uh, open world like this. And let's hope Hitman does something similar. Oh, God, I hope so. You'd think it would. All right, so what? So then what is your what is your least favorite thing? about it so far uh so far it's my least favorite thing is dealing with mother base and recruits it's frustrating that i have to get i i have no way of knowing whether or not this recruit is going to be good or bad so i can't pick and choose or find out like hey let me you know watch him to see if he's going to be good at something that it's going to make it worth the because you, you every time you use a full recovery system you spend 300 gmp and you can only carry 12 or so. You can only carry a certain amount of uh, Fulton Recoveries with you at a time until you you know, either start a, a main mission or go back to Mother Mates to collect more. Or mm-hmm. have an item drop, whichever. Uh, I don't like being able to... That I can't find out if they're going to be good at something. Even if I you know, you know, snake up on them, I grab them. If there's like a way to like talk to them and find out what they might be good at, I think that'd be a nice addition to the game. Mm-hmm. But now it's just, let me just pick a dude who looks like he might be good at something based on what he's wearing. He's got a radio on his back, so I'm going to assume he's good at R&D. Mm-hmm. Or he's just you know a grunt-looking dude, so I guess he's probably going to be my my uh, uh, part of my grunt team that I can't remember what they're called. So And then, and then Mother Base... For me, at least right now, I haven't put anything in there because I ha- I don't have enough material for it. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like just this floating thing. I have no connection to it whatsoever. It's annoying that I have to go back there every once in a while. Yeah, I've heard that. You go back and there's nothing to do. Yeah, so far, like I can go there and like you could take a shower, right? Or beat your dudes up and they thank you for it. That's I've it. seen a lot of that. Yeah, people going and just whooping on there. Their guys, yeah. they're, they're CQC in them, and thank you, sir. Yeah, and then the, the thank you, sir. And <laughs> it's like, oh my god, I can't uh, talk to the dudes. I can't get to know the dudes. Which okay, it's a game. It's a little bit of dialogue would be nice, even if it's like you know twenty, thirty pieces of dialogue that rotates based on like you know character types and what their what what class you've set them to. It'd be nice right. to talk to them. I mean, they, they have dialogues that they talk to each other, but like, uh, I can't do anything with them. I just go there, I take my shower, because I have to go there every once in a while, and then I go back. 
you know, if, if I didn't have to go back every so often, I would just stay out in Afghanistan. Yeah, they need a better, they need a better, I like the way Dragon Age Inquisition did, because they had a similar sort of thing. You have a keep and all this, and there's, there's reason to be there. Other characters, dialogue, and from buying stuff or your war room. They, sh- they should have more like that. That's what I was kind of yeah. hoping they'd have. I'm hoping that throughout the story or the game as it develops, I'll see more of it and it'll be a little bit better mm-hmm. and they'll actually do more stuff with it. But as of right now, it just feels like just this annoying thing that you have to go to. Oh, and then I hate that I hate that you can't call your chopper in to have them transport you to another place in Afghanistan. Like I get it, you gotta progress and like add these transportation methods. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to just—I'm already calling it a chopper. You can't just drop me off somewhere. I gotta pay for it too. It costs me a thousand GMP just to get picked up. Well, you gotta pay for fuel, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, it makes sense. But yeah. I, I'm not complaining about that at all. And then dropped off in another area across the map. Oh, so you're saying that the the problem is—I uh, might be understanding this wrong. So forgive me if I am. The problem is the you get picked up. And then it what it takes you back to mother base, and then you have to take it from mother base to where you actually wanted to go. Yeah. No. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's, that's exactly a, what it is. That's a it's bit kind of, of annoying. Pain. So it just it's almost useless. It's just like you waiting in load screens. Also, I'm on Xbox One. Right. It's not the most powerful thing, but it does a lot of other things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I waiting in, you know, small, small, they're not very long load screens, but you know, waiting in those and, and getting in there, it's just more irritating. I just get on my horse and it may take a bit longer, but I'm up consistently doing something. Right. Also, I love that you can hide on the horse. Oh, the little, get on the side. Yeah. That thing is yeah. awesome. That's pretty cool. It, it makes dealing with checkpoints a whole hell of a lot easier, maybe too easy, but still like. I think I've run into one situation where they got a little bit curious about what the hell that horse is doing. My horse is obviously faster than they're going to walk, so I, I don't really worry about it. I just hang to one side, go at an angle, and then switch to the other side, go at the other angle, and move on. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Super easy. It's a good it's a good mechanic. I appreciate that they added in that. I like that they give me a horse and not a motorcycle. That's nice. I was half expecting like that shitty motorcycle... And Metal Gear 3. Well, okay. I'm not going to... Yeah, I'm going to shut my face. Um, the uh, Oh, no, I know you get one. Well, it's at the end, though. I think it's the cutscene, isn't it? Yeah, Don, yeah. Whatever. Um, Eva. Right. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. These are things that I assume... I don't want confirmation. I'm just going to speculate all day until I finish this thing. All right. You can you can you can spoil any other fucking game in my life. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Fallout Three, the whole game was already spoiled to me. Fallout New Vegas, the whole thing also spoiled to me. This is the one game series that I hold oh, dear enough that I will do anything in my power not to have it spoiled. So sorry if I do. I'm not. I hate people that do that, and I don't mean to. It's it's hard no, to know cool. for me like what you know, and because normally with Metal Gear, you know more than I do. But I know more of these spoilers than you do now, so why not? Well, I mean, because it's like you've actually taken the time to like read and like watch things for this game, and I am I am going pure, yeah, like a newborn baby into this this <laughs> this one game. 
like, yeah, sure, I know quite a bit about the franchise previous to the game. But this game, I'm just coming at new. I'm trying to keep it spoiler-free. Uh, everything so far, except now that I know it is Volgan, and I know that you do deal with Eva now. Because of you! I don't even know what Eva is. I don't know what that is. Oh, well, I could be wrong. I, I don't know. Anyways, um, yeah. Well, this I apologize. Just... It's It's hard for me to know what was previously known and what wasn't. Think about it this way. Anything in Metal Gear Solid 5, just assume it's never been known okay. before. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll think like that. And if you're going to spoil something in the game, let me know so I can unhear you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try not to. I don't have much to talk about the game hey, until man. I play it. Um, like I said, I'm not going to stop you. And you are free to spoil whatever you want. Just no, no. Give me a warning. That's all I ask for. Well... Uh, my next question, and I know you're not that far into the game yet. Would you say five hours? Five to six. Excuse me. Um, I have I have two more questions for you. Go ahead. Um, and Go I ahead. think we I think we have enough time. Um, yeah, we have time because we we got we got enough time to do this and then do a, a final story, and we'll be we should be okay. good. All right. So two two questions. I think they're very important questions, and I know. I know you got the dog. Yeah, I got so the dying dog. Yeah. It's not ruining anything. Nothing's going to be. So my next question is, is a two-part question. Okay. Okay. So I want to know who you're, who is your, so far, or and maybe not even so far, everything you know. Who is your favorite companion, and why is it DD? Go. <laughs> so far, the only companion that I am aware of Aside from the horse, mm-hmm. is Dee Dee. Uh, Dee Dee's still a puppy for me. I really like the idea because I know I. I will admit I did accidentally. Spo- I didn't accidentally. I did spoilers for me because I was really curious on what the hell was going on with this dog. So I was trying to figure out how I'm supposed to play with this dog, what I'm supposed to do with this puppy. Oh, I got you. Okay. Uh, I know that I know that Dee Dee grows up into a dog after like mission ten or whatever. You know, after a certain amount of time that goes by in the in game time or however many missions it takes, you know, Didi grows into this uh, a fully grown wolf, this yeah. dog, and then he can go on missions for you. I don't know what he's going to do after that. I s- seriously love the idea of having this dog. I can only speculate in my mind. It's like what the ghost dog, Call of Duty ghost dog, should have been. Oh. Um, oh, yeah. I will not, I swear to God, ruin anything for you. I was just going to say it's pretty fucking cool. Yes, I That's imagine so. Doing. I can only imagine what this dog can do. Um, yeah, Didi, from what I know, is probably the best side character to ever happen to video games. Oh, yeah. I just, just imagine... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm fully, I, I believe 100% without dogs, our species would not have survived the ice age. 100%. I believe that. So imagine, imagine that partnership in this game, that right there. That's. that's, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, as soon as this podcast is done, I am moving on. I, after we do our little AA, I'm moving on to playing this game. I'm probably going to be up for a while playing this. <laughs> Last question. Final question. Then we can move on to the next. Um, you a- you already answered if it's a good game. Um, yes. and you said it was a good game. Thus far. 
This, I think, is the most important question. Okay. Are you ready for this? I am. Is it a good Metal Gear Solid game? That's actually an excellent question. Um, that's a surprisingly good question. So far, as just a Metal Gear game, mm-hmm. and from my experience, I, I got to keep putting that out there, just from what I played so far, it hasn't been the best metal gear experience yeah it's got the stealth mechanics yeah it's got snake mm-hmm. yeah it's developing a story but other than the beginning to the game i haven't really gotten that holy shit this is metal gear and i think it was really important that they put that me- that the uh, that introduction period that 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 first mission in to put you into this Metal Gear universe, because if they hadn't have done that, this game doesn't feel like a Metal Gear game necessarily. It just feels like you're playing a dude in Afghanistan with a gun who's got to sneak around some places. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel so far like a Metal Gear game, and I'm hoping I'm I'm close to getting into it. Yeah. But uh, other than that, there's Ocelot and Snake and Miller, and occasional references to Paz and Kaz. I just I don't. It it feels like they could have named this um, Splinter Cell Afghanistan, and I would completely understand it. That makes Which, sense. I I don't like saying that. I feel terrible saying that. Mm-hmm. But I know that something is going to develop, so I don't feel as bad saying that. I understand. I will. Uh, I'll ask you that question next week. I uh, ask me that question next week. I'll have a whole lot more time into it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thus far, I'm not going to call it. The best three is still up there. Uh, I think if anybody wants to get into the Metal Gear game, and they don't want to play it from Metal Gear Solid 1, which they should. I don't know why you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you play three, it's the earliest. It's, it's the earliest in the, in the, in the timeline. So, you know, uh, timeline wise, you're, you're playing the first game, but it, that, that game, that game is, 100% always feels like a Metal Gear game. And from start to finish, that's pure Metal Gear game. That's a really good example of what a Metal Gear game is. Uh, thus far, this game only has the intro portion to it, escaping from the hospital. And even that at times feels like they mixed a little bit of Battlefield into there. With really? The, the, with the car ride and the way it flips, it just feels like almost that part where they, they drop them in the water and they have to shoot the class out. It's still a great game. It's really fun. Great stealth mechanics. There's not a whole lot negative to be said about this game. There's enough to give it a 9 instead of a 10. Mm-hmm. That's, but that's first impressions, man. First impressions. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's, you know, I'm curious. Do you think that... Um, uh, I know it's a, it's, a, it's a first impressions. But do you think that... Um, all of that that you just said and everything about it not uh, it being a different sort of Metal Gear game and not feeling exactly like Metal Gear. Do you think that maybe what what has it been? When was the first one released? Ninety eight, not the first, the first Metal Gear Solid, rather. Yeah, nineteen ninety eight. Ninety eight. Uh, so that that is uh, seventeen years. Do you think that maybe to survive it, maybe needed to evolve like this? I'm gonna have to agree with that. Yeah. Simply because of the way that the games are evolving now. I mean, the last Metal Gear, Metal Gear 4, came out in, like, what, 2006? 
six, two thousand five. I'm not sure. Sounds about right. I'm not sure. Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So it was still like what seven years ago. So it's a whole lot. The gaming community has evolved quite a bit. Uh, so I think I think the Metal Gear franchises needed to do the same. I'm not I'm not downplaying the franchise for for evolving this way. I think that they did they went in a very positive direction. Mm-hmm. And I think it's merely just my limited playtime that's uh, that's giving me the feelings that I'm getting that I that I have currently. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I'll ask you that next week. What that what the that same question, and we'll see what you have to say. Do you want to move on? Do you have anything else to say about uh, the Phantom Pain? Uh, the only other thing I want to say about the Phantom Pain is sell your children or your car or whatever the hell it takes to buy this game. It is worth it. This is a great game. This is what a good game is like, even with its its small flaws. It's it is. At, the, at this current time, Game of the Year potential. It's better than Witcher 3, in my opinion. I love The Witcher 3, but... Uh, Witcher 3 was a, it was a good game. I think it has more to do with the sort of um, what kind of game you get into. Yeah, no, that's a very, very, very good point. It's just your personal preference. Yeah. I mean, because they were both... Uh, I mean, I haven't played Phantom Pain. Well, I've seen what you said. It's not, they were both, I mean, Game of the Year material... And I've played Witcher 3, just to say that. Oh, yeah, Witcher 3 is still a great game. Yeah. It's oh, amazing game. That game is so awesome. I just wish I could have got, got past Gallica. I mean, and Kel- Kaer Morin is so nice. I can't believe you hadn't, hadn't gotten there. But, yeah, it's it's a, it can be a bit of a dragon, Skellige. I don't know why. Yeah, as, yeah exactly. Like, Skellige felt like the more Skyrim-ish place that you could be in that entire game. Yeah, I loved that game to death. So I don't know why that that didn't appeal to me, but it was just like out there, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna stop now, and then I just never picked it up. I don't know. I was uh, I was the exact same way. All right, so uh, should we should we move on to our last uh, our final story? Oh uh, yeah, we're gonna be moving on to our final story. So, FTC versus Machinima. A failure to disclose endorsements by Microsoft caused the FTC to file a complaint against Machinima. They accepted upwards of fifteen to thirty thousand per video over three hundred videos to promote the Xbox One during its launch. The problem comes when they did not disclose that they were taking money to have a non-neutral stance. Their fine, could, their fine could be up to eleven thousand for each violation over three hundred videos which could be more than $3 million. Later that day, Machinima settled with the FTC. The repercussions? No longer allowed to represent its influencers as independent users of the product or service being promoted. Must set specific terms for prominent disclosures for advertising relationships for the next five years. They are required to maintain documentation demonstrating its compliance with all aspects of the settlement to present them to the FTC. Uh, your thoughts? Um, I'm a little annoyed at that. The fact that there was absolutely no repercussions, no fines, no... It, that If it had been in court for months and then it finally came down to, okay, it was a misunderstanding or whatever, but it was literally hours. It was... 
FTC files complaint, and you know, at 8 a.m. and by after lunch, bam, nothing done with. That annoys me. Yeah. I, and I, I can see where you're coming from, and I completely agree. I think, I think all this could have been avoided very, very easily. Just put the disclosure. Start your videos off with, this is, you know, something that points out that this is a paid sponsorship or advertisement or however you want to word it. Mm-hmm. That, you know, Microsoft is paying you to give a non-neutral stance on the Xbox One system. You can follow that up with, this is my honest opinion on it. And that has no bars to my the, my feelings on this console. I really love it. I love the, what it does. I love that the Xbox One, you can talk to it and tell it what to do. It connects to your your cable box. You can plug it in. You have just like a one, you know, it, in its name, Xbox One, one-stop entertainment system. It's got everything in it. I mean, there's a lot of positive things to say about it, so I don't know why... It was such a, it wasn't even, it wasn't even thought of to just put in like, hey, we're being paid to say these things, but this is my honest feelings. And, you know, that would have been more fun if they, even if they, even if they tried to be a little more honest about it and they didn't like it and they said, I'm being paid by Microsoft to say these things. This is what I have to say. And that kind of gives the idea like, oh, he's just saying that to get money. Cool. I do the same thing. I'd say the same thing. About the oh yeah, if they paid me thirty thousand dollars <laughs> or even ten thousand, they could have paid me five hundred bucks, and I would say that it's the greatest console that ever exists. The problem that we run into, and it, it, it becomes a big problem, and it's been a big problem, and I don't want to give the name to this issue, but ethics in games journalism is a pretty big thing, and this may not be this larger point of the whole thing. But being upfront and being transparent and being honest about your opinions or what you're being paid to do is mm-hmm. very big, especially in things like gaming. I mean, your your opinion is taken very seriously by a lot of people. You've got to you've got just got to be upfront and honest. You got to be transparent about the things that you say. This is journalism. It's not you're not just some dude who's making money just to say some things. You're 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 technically in the situation where you're being a journalist. So you think things as they are. Uh, where, where did you want to come at? Because I'm kind of getting a little, little floody with this. Um, well, I, a couple of years ago, um, this was sort of a... And it still kind of is um, a real gray area with this. Because game journalism... Oh, yeah. Air quotes um, for dates. Yes. Not exactly uh, regulated, if you know what I mean. Like... So a couple of years ago, it was a gray area. And then it's, oh, we're getting paid by it. We don't really need to say we're getting paid by Microsoft to do this. So it's not a big deal. And then Gamergate happens and suddenly the FTC is a little more on top of it. And it's probably why the whole thing was dropped and made more of a, you know, slap on the wrist. Now you got to, uh, you know, submit everything to us to make sure that you're, you know, on the up and up. Um because Gamergate, Gamergate happened, and then, and then the, the regulation I think is starting to happen, and I think it needs to really happen. You know, and I, and I can completely agree with this. I think that that's a tough thing to enforce to just be perfectly honest with this whole thing. Yeah. Because you could you could say, in order to consider yourself a games journalist, you need to abide by the same rules 
that regular journalists have to abide by. Or not even regular, just these moral codes, essentially, that these journalists have to abide by. But then you could just not call yourself a games journalist. You could just call yourself an entertainer and then you could say whatever you want. So it's just one of those, like you were pointing out earlier, it's this really huge gray area where we're in this balance between ethics in games journalism, morals in games journalism, and just being an entertainer on YouTube who's making ad revenue for videos and sponsorship deals to, to supplement their income. I think the fact that they're getting ad revenues at all, I think if even if they call themselves just an entertainer, it still would fall into that sort of journalist sort of, I don't know if journalist is the right word, but the, but the fact that they're getting paid to show a game for advertising, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just advertising. So, you, you know, you get that sort of, you know, how the, the Better Business Bureau uh comes in and you know when when you advertise something that's not true or whatever uh but the fact that they're they're getting paid for this i they can't get away from that that uh, those laws that that the ethics the the sort of things that you know you turn on cnn and i know a lot of it's a lot of bull crap but they can't have an advertiser without saying we are you know i don't know i don't know how that works you you no, no, that's exactly what it is. Like you have to, you have to. If you're being paid by a company to say something about their product, you have to point out that, like, hey, this is a paid product placement. This or, is a, yes, this yes, is, thank you. This is sponsored by, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So like you see that in like even it doesn't even have to be journalism. It's just like entertainment in general. Good point. Yeah. Uh, like you have, I don't know, just just to throw a name out there. I don't even know if they do this. Like American Idol. Let's say they have an American Idol finale special, and okay. they do their thing. And this sponsored by Coca Cola Super right. Bowl. Actually, that's a great example. The Super Bowl has yeah. to point out they're sponsored by Doritos and Budweiser and freaking Pepsi and all these companies, and they have to point out like we're sponsored by these dudes. They can't just accept the money. Yeah. We're sponsored by them. So anything we say, you know that we're being paid by them. So you don't have to, you, you at least have that little bit of information that says, hey, they're getting paid by them. So that what they say isn't necessarily going to be their perfect views or whatever their absolute honest opinions or whatever. But you at least have to point this out so the consumer can make an educated choice right. on what they're purchasing after the fact based on what somebody that they really like is, you know, promoting. And if you go around promoting something without saying that you're being paid by them, you're giving these these false promotions. Essentially it's like a false advertisement. Not exactly, but I mean it's it's in the same area where you're saying like, hey, the Xbox One is awesome. You're getting paid behind the scenes. You actually hate this thing and now people are buying this thing, finding out that they hate it. They have similar likes and dislikes like you. It's just it's, it's this weird area for human emotion and the the human reactions all combined based on what they see people that they look up to doing Mm -hmm. so if somebody that they look up to is promoting something that they don't actually appreciate and they don't say that they're being sponsored by them it gives that 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 viewer the wrong idea that's that's actually that's a huge huge gray area but i i think they could have been punished a little bit more yeah 
I feel like there should yeah. have been something other than, you know, from now on you have to turn in your all your paperwork to us to make sure it's on the up and up. Yeah. I don't know. The thing is with journalism and video games is it I it really needs to evolve. I don't care about a lot of the issues in gaming with I uh, I'm not going to get into it. Um but we'll, but we'll we'll touch on some of that next week. I think we'll make a special point to touch on some of the we'll do we'll give us a week. We'll come up with some we'll do a good story. Okay. Anyways, continue on. I'm sorry. All right. No, no. Well, that was a good idea. I'll I will uh yeah. Okay, we'll do that. Um but as far as journalism goes in in video games uh something needs to change because the shit's getting ridiculous uh a lot of these you know there's paid reviews and things well, like it that could, it could come down to they gave me a free game so i'm gonna give them a good review exactly yeah you know they gave me that other game i liked so i'm just gonna say that their other game that they just put out is good and and here's the thing about someone on youtube like machinima or i don't know i, I markiplier or or uh, Rooster Pie, Rooster Teeth, right? If if uh, a developer gives you a game for free and you play it and you absolutely hate it and you knock on it uh, and you do this several times, bam! There's there's a few devs that are never going to send you a game again. That's actually a really good point because this also comes into the the aspect of like. I think this is the point that you're getting to. So excuse me if I'm interrupting you. No, no. But uh, yeah, if if you get games from developers and they give you these free games to review and then you make these videos knocking on those games or talking smack about these games saying you don't like them, then exactly like you're saying, these de- the other developers are going to see this and like, this just talks shit about games. Why should I send them a free game so that they can talk shit about my game? I want them to talk positive about me. And this comes up to, um, I can't remember the name of the game. There was a game that Cynical Brit uh, did a review on it's this terrible, this this terrible uh, this jungle game. It was super shit terrible. But the developer gave it to him for free, and he said it was the worst game he's ever played ever. He wished Ooh. he'd never played it, and he pointed all these things. And this is the other aspect of it: the developer, DMCA, copyright striked him, took their vid- took his video down. Because they didn't like his video. They didn't appreciate the review. They didn't like his review. Yeah, see? There's another thing right there. You give a bad review, <laughs> bam, DMCA. You don't want that on your channel. Yeah, you're going to be like, oh, well, it was a good game. Because you don't want your video, you don't want your, your primary income source to be taken down just because exactly. you didn't like something. Exactly. So that, that's, that's censorship. Yep. Very, very you know far it's it's not very far removed but it's still censorship yeah this needs to be it needs to be regulated it has to be regulated yeah there has to be something to be done i mean, we can't just it's almost like the wild west i, I mean, was ga- just gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> gaming's been around since the 60s or 70s and this stuff still although i, I guess gaming's game journalism air quoted Mm-hmm. It's been around for, I don't know, five, seven, eight years? Not very long. Well, in, in the YouTube space. Video oh, in the channels. YouTube space, yeah, yeah. Because I know they've been doing, you know, Nintendo Power, but those are 
you know, these companies promote their own games, obviously. Right, yeah. All right, that is going to be it for the Unbearable Show with Unbearable Banff and Nightshade Trip 9. You can find us on Pocket Casts. That is an app, also a desktop app. You can download it on the Play Store. I imagine it's also on iTunes and desktop. You can also find us on soundcloud.com forward slash the dash unbearable dash show. You should be able to spell that one out for yourselves. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at unbearable underscore show, unbearable banff, and nightshade trip nine. N- nightshade nine nine nine. I keep wanting to say trip nine. You can find us there. Uh, anyways, other than that, thank you for watching the unbearable show, and we'll see you next week.